right, we're up against it on time in our third segment today. We'd like to talk about what's going on in Thailand, i.e. a coup. We'd like to talk about what protesters are doing over in Hungary this week. But we're going to have to just, I think, put that on ice and return to it next Thursday, at which time we will also address the issue of this church in Pasadena where a, uh, a liberal Pasadena church is facing an internal revenue service investigation over alleged politicking. Apparently, the Reverend George Regas at the All Saints Episcopal Church in Pasadena gave a sermon uh, wherein a, uh, a Jesus engaged in a mock debate with then-presidential candidates George W. Bush and John Kerry. The sermon did not endorse either candidate. But the, uh, the Reverend's suggestion that Jesus would have told Bush that his preemptive war strategy in Iraq has led to disaster, prompted a letter from the IRS in June 2005 stating that a reasonable belief exists that you may not be a tax-exempt church. This is in a nation where Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson are able to raise for their ministries millions of dollars, which are tax-exempt, and which are then plowed right into political electioneering. Well... We're going to have a lot to say on that, particularly uh, vis-a-vis this secret religious coalition called Legacy, which met recently in Colorado Springs uh, to influence the political processes of this country. Stay tuned. We're going to get back to this one. But uh, let's close with science today. We've got some good news and some bad news. Good news uh, from over in the Indian subcontinent. Uh, Drug companies uh, over in Nepal have decided that uh, the, the... Millions of vultures that have been killed by the use of Voltaren as a uh, as a livestock pain reliever. Uh, well, they may be able to save what's left of the vulture population. According to New Scientist magazine, a decade ago there were 40 million vultures in the Indian subcontinent. The number has now crashed to a few thousand because it turns out that uh, diclofenac, better known as Voltaren in this country, is incredibly toxic to the birds. When they would uh, lunch on the carcasses of treated animals, they died. Anyway, over in Nepal, Nepal's largest manufacturer of veterinary diclofenac announced it will replace it with a safe alternative called meloxicam for the same price. We'll continue to follow that story. Another good news story, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, last week signed legislation that will force ships entering California ports to treat ballast water that environmentalists say can add hundreds of non-native plants, animals, bacteria, and viruses to state waters. The new law will make California the second state in the country to regulate the water that ships take on and discharge to maintain ballast. The legislature passed SB 497 by Senator Joseph Simitian, Democrat from Palo Alto, and this will require that uh, the State Lands Commission to adopt ballast water performance standards. We've talked about this in the past. About 250 non-native species have been detected in the San Francisco Bay region, and these invasive species have had a significant impact on our coastal environment and economy, as a lot of these crabs, for example, are destroying the levees down in the delta. Someone needed to do something about this, and we're glad that someone uh, apparently finally has. 
And speaking of uh, San Francisco Bay Area biology, there's a plan afoot to turn hundreds of acres of salt ponds back into marshlands in the south uh, regions of San Francisco Bay. Cargill Salt, uh, formerly Leslie Salt, of course, operates a huge uh, salt manufacturing plant down in the Newark region, but some salt ponds across the bay in the Menlo Park area are going to be opened up to allow the waters of the bay to circulate um, in the region. I think this is quite a worthy endeavor. I remember going across the Dumbarton Bridge, having grown up in in Fremont, uh, going across the bridge with my dad, who pointed out that in that region down there by the salt ponds, uh, back when he was a kid, back in the 1930s, people would go out and gather up, uh, you know, just bucket loads of fish from the area. A few decades before that, of course, this this was a prime oyster uh, hunting region. At the turn of the century, author Jack London was a bit of an oyster pirate in San Francisco Bay. Well, you'd be hard-pressed to find oysters there now, although we're hoping to talk to a UC Davis biologist about the fact that they are making a comeback. That's the good news department. Uh, In the bad news department, we have the fact that a genetically modified form of grass, which is commonly grown on golf courses, is worrying the U.S. Department of Agriculture because it appears for the first time a genetically modified plant has escaped into the wild. Furthermore, it's managed to do so before the plant secured USDA approval. The plant is called creeping bent grass, and it carries a bacterial gene that makes it immune to the potent herbicide known as Roundup, chemically glyphosate. The manufacturer, the Scots Company of Marysville, Ohio, is hoping the grass will provide a turf that makes it easier for golf course owners to manage their fairways and greens by letting them kill competing weedy grasses with glyphosate. It's been predicted for some time that a Roundup-resistant plant would escape into the wild and this gene would be transmitted to other weeds, creating, in effect, super weeds. This is a significant concern. Bent grass is a perennial. Once it's out there, it regrows year after year, whereas most genetically modified crops are annuals, unable to reproduce, harvested each year, and replaced with an entirely new crop the next year. This is a scary story, and like others we've mentioned on this program, we will continue to follow it in the weeks to come. All right, final item of the day. Headlines trumpeted a few weeks back said that there was proof of dark matter. This announcement came uh, from the pattern of gravitational lensing, or the bending of light around the bullet cluster of galaxies, which formed from the collision of two galactic clusters. While most of the bullet's cluster's visible mass lies in a pool of hot gas near the center, galaxies can be seen on either side. Douglas Clough of the University of Arizona in Tucson's study of the lensing indicated that Measurements of, uh, of the photograph of the bullet uh, galactic cluster indicates that uh, there's dark matter surrounding these galaxies. Well, this has now been disputed by other uh, scientists uh, in Canada who've said that an alternative theory of gravity may also explain what you see without having to call dark matter into the equation. We think we'll let, uh, we'll let him argue about this one for a while and see if we can bring Mark Anderson back uh, to talk not about Shakespeare, but about some astrophysics, see if we can't uh, help decide uh, you know, what, uh, what's most likely in this case. Frankly, we're a little over our heads on this one. That's it for today's program. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. 
We'll see you next Thursday at 5 o'clock.